The January 31st hearing of the Arlington County Board of Zoning Appeals is now in session. Good evening and welcome. I am Richard Kaplan, Chair of the Board of Zoning Appeals. The board is made up of five citizens appointed by the circuit court. In addition to myself, we have Vice Chair Inta Mellis, Judy Freshman, Portia Clark, and appearing virtually tonight is Lindsay Arthurs. To avoid disruptions, we ask that you please place your mobile devices in silent mode. Before we begin tonight's hearing, I will discuss the board's powers and the procedures for tonight's hearing. The board's powers are prescribed in the Code of Virginia and are set out in further detail in the county zoning ordinance adopted by the county board. The Board of Zoning Appeals does not have the power to rezone property or to amend the regulations set forth in the ordinance. That authority rests with the county board. This board does have the authority to do three things. First, the BZA can approve use permits that allow modifications of placement requirements for structures on one and two family lots where there is no option in the zoning ordinance to allow such modifications. Second, the BZA can grant variances from the specific requirements of the zoning ordinance. Third, the BZA has the power to hear and decide appeals from the zoning administrator or from any order, requirement, decision, or determination made by any other administrative officer in the administration or enforcement of Title 15.2, Article 7 of the Code of Virginia. In exercising its powers, the board may reverse or affirm wholly or in part, or may modify an order, requirement, decision, or determination appealed. The determination of the administrative officer slash zoning administrator shall be presumed correct by the BZA. The appellant has the burden of proof to rebut the presumption of correctness by a preponderance of the evidence. The board shall consider any applicable ordinance, laws, and regulations in making its decision, and we must base our judgment on whether the administrative officer was correct. The concurring vote of a majority of the membership of the board shall be necessary to reverse any order or determination. Now on to tonight's hybrid hearing. For those who are participating in person, on the front table, you will find a QR code linking to a copy of the appeal package, including the staff report for each case before us this evening. For those participating virtually, a copy of each application package can be found on the Arlington County BZA website. There is also a link in the chat for the application packages. I recommend that if you have not yet seen that report for your case, that you review that report before your case is called. If you are attending virtually and lose connectivity, please reconnect with us by phone. If you are attending via Teams, please keep yourself muted and cameras off until called upon. Turn off the sound and any other devices around you to minimize interference. When called upon to speak, please turn on your camera and unmute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon that is located in the meeting command bar. County staff does not have the ability to unmute you. The meeting chat is active for technical support assistance only. The meeting chat should not be used for discussion, public comments, questions about agenda items, or requests for more information. All public comments must be shared verbally or have been previously provided in writing for the record during the assigned public testimony period. This evening, staff will call the appeals, the county will present their argument, the appellant will present their argument, and board members, uh, we will call for speakers, and then board members will ask any questions of the parties that they may have. Speakers must fill out a speaker slip online or is available on the table in the front of the room. After we hear from speakers for or against the proposal, the board may permit the applicant a brief opportunity to, to clarify any points the board may ask questions of any speakers, but does not permit any cross-examination or direct questioning by others. 
After the board has gathered all the information we need and have discussed the case, we will decide the matter by voting on a motion duly made and seconded. Three votes are required to overrule the zoning administrator. Please be respectful of the time allotted. This is a public forum and tonight's meeting will be recorded and posted on the county's website. All information associated with tonight's meeting, whether spoken or written, is subject to the Freedom of Information Act requirements. Any appeal from the decision of this board must be made to the circuit court in accordance with state law. Tonight, I have a request from a board member to participate virtually. Virginia law requires there, that there that an in-person in -person quorum uh, exist. And as such, I will note that we have an in-person quorum for the record. Ms. Arthurs has attended to participate virtually because she is under the weather and will attend from her residence. Ms. Arthurs, can you please certify that you can hear me? Yes. Thank you. And I certify for the record that those of us in the room can hear you. Great. Uh, a quick note on scheduling for my colleagues. We currently have two hearings on the docket for on the schedule for February. For the 21st, staff has informed us that there is a, a roughly 10 to 12 use permits slash variances on the schedule. And then we have two appeals scheduled for the following day on February 22nd. Um, sir, I, I'll, I'll, I'm, we'll get we'll get to your case shortly. Mr. Bowen, can you please call the three appeals on the docket tonight? Yes, Mr. Kaplan, the three appeals being heard tonight are case number V-11904-22-APP-1, V-11905-22-APP-1, and V-11906-22-APP-1. These are appeals by Donald H. Myers on behalf of himself and his wife, Mariah West Myers, and the Boston Virginia Square Civic Association of the Zoning Administrator's Determination for a lot located in the M1, CM, C01.0, and R5 Zoning District on the premises known as 1425 North Quincy Street, RPC number 15-040-067. The recommendation to the BZA is to uphold and affirm the determination of the Zoning Administrator, and alternative resolution has been included in the staff report as well, should the BZA see fit to overturn the zoning determination. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Um, have we received any supplemental material or have speakers signed up for this appeal? We do have supplemental materials. I distributed two documents to you um, just a moment ago as the hearing started. Um, we also have a supplemental materials link that will be shared in the meeting, meeting chat momentarily. Was, thank you, it's already on, Meg, it, it points out. And uh, we do have speakers who have signed up as well. Thank you, Mr. Bowen. Um, before I move forward, do any of my colleagues have any business to address regarding this case? I do. Um, Ms. Ms. Clark. Uh, I just wanted to make a disclosure statement at the beginning of this to say I'm a representative of a group that could be impacted by the outcome of this case as president of the Green Valley Civic Association, where the buses will be housed permanently after leaving the Quincy site. Thank you, Ms. Clark. Um, for the record, this board has previously consolidated these three cases to be heard as a single hearing tonight because these cases all involve substantially the same issues. For tonight's hearing, this board has deemed the county and the applicants 45 minutes each, three minutes for representatives, and two minutes for individuals as sufficient. Um, next, can I have the parties state their name and who they represent for the record? Councils? 
Thank you. Which I think I have a letter to that effect. Thank you. And for, for the county? Uh, Ann Golsky with the county attorney's office here. Thank you. Mr. Chairman. Um, lastly, before we start, um, this, this board has uh, received the appellant's motion to disqualify two members dated 1624. Um, as such, there appear to be no recusals that have been provided to me. The BZA has no statutory authority to disqualify any members. Will the county present their case? Good evening. For the record, my name is Arlo Vavam, Zoning Administrator. Um, were you going to go first? At the end? Okay. Uh, I think my slides are a little further down. This is, uh, you've received a one more back. Yeah, you've received a lot of information. And so my goal is to try to break this down and make it easier to digest. So I just want to go over a few things. The first is that these appeals are of a zoning determination issued on April 13th, 2022. And the staff report presentation and my comments this evening will address that zoning determination only. Um, next slide. Just to orient people to where we're talking about, the area in blue is the subject property. Sometimes it's referred to as the Quincy site. That's the larger site. The area um, that is zoned CO 1.0, which is on the southern portion of the property, is the site plan area. Um, so if we're talking about the site plan area, it's only the area zoned C0 1.0. Um, as you can see, the site overall is comprised of four buildings and spans multiple zoning districts. Uh, next slide. So we have three appeals from three different parties, but our report consolidates um, the arguments of all three and distills them into four main issues, which I'll go over one by one. The first is about the site plan. So again, this is only pertaining to the area that's zoned CO 1.0. And site plan 235 governs that part of the site. Um, the site plan, which was granted by the county board in 1985, authorized a surface parking lot use on the portion of the subject property zone, CO 1.0. Um, parking of vehicles not accessory to a principal use um, is per our Arlington County zoning ordinance defined as commercial parking. Um, and so one of the questions asked in the zoning determination um, when presented with a proposal for a standalone parking lot, so parking that is not supporting another land use, um, is, is it permitted within the site plan area? And the determination found that parking vehicles on land authorized as a surface parking lot was consistent with the site plan approval for a surface parking lot. Next slide. The second question asked was 
whether or not commercial parking was the appropriate land use category. And this is largely about the M1 portion of the property. Uh, and this slide includes excerpts from the zoning ordinance from Article 12, which describes all of the use categories and often is the point where a similar use interpretation begins. And so similar use interpretations are made based on the criteria found in Article 12 and the characteristics of the proposed use. And in this case, the primary activity occurring on the site was parking vehicles while not in use. Next slide. Um, the alternate use category that was suggested was for passenger bus terminals. Um, and the zoning determination found that a fundamental component of a passenger terminal is the presence of passengers. Um, the proposed use had no facilities for bus passengers, no bus stops, waiting areas, shelters, nowhere for maintenance or refueling of the buses. Um, it consisted solely of a surface parking lot for buses while not in use. The property is not the terminus of the bus route, but in place instead the place where buses are parked when it's no longer in service. Um, so therefore commercial parking was found to be the more similar land use to the activity proposed. Um, between the two categories, the more predominant activity was parking. And as a result, uh, that's the determination that was made. The photographs at the bottom are of examples in Arlington. On the left is the Sherlington bus station, which we would consider a bus terminal. And on the right is a photograph of the subject property. Next slide. The third point uh, is regarding, again, the site plan and also in the second half, the larger um, subject property and whether or not the site plan authorized an accessory use or a principal use. Um, the appellants argue that the site plan only authorized accessory parking on that site um, to support the buildings on the remainder of the site. However, the county board staff report and meeting minutes clearly indicate that the approval was of a surface parking lot, excuse me, um, and it's the plain language of both the ordinance and the conditions further indicate that site plan 235 did not authorize an accessory parking lot, but clearly authorized a surface parking lot. And as such, the determination indicated, again, parking of vehicles not associated with the principal use, otherwise called commercial parking in our ordinance, was consistent with a site plan that authorized a surface parking lot. Next slide. So the next couple just have some images of the site over time. These are attachments um, that you already received in your um, staff report that were attached to the county board staff report back in 1985. It's split into two images, but it shows the four buildings on the site and the parking striped surrounding it. Next slide. Um, the updated ones just indicate the area for the site plan is outlined in red. Um, so on the left is an aerial from 2015. So 30 years or so after the site plan was approved, there's still parking, um, surface parking found in the area of the site plan. And the aerial on the right is taken after the zoning determination was issued um, and indicates that 
those areas are still being used for surface parking. Next slide. So the other part of the, sorry, get my notes together. So the other part of the argument was that the creation of the commercial parking areas diminished or reduced the amount of required accessory parking on the larger site. Um, and so in 1985, the anticipated uses of those four buildings included office and warehouse uses. Based on the square footage, a required minimum accessory parking um, was calculated. And that was what was thought the uses of those buildings were going to be, and the parking required um, accessory to those. That was a long time ago. The M1 district allows a variety of uses, and they have changed over time. And so currently, the uses of those buildings allow for the excess, so the area that's not needed to satisfy required accessory parking for those buildings, to be converted to commercial parking as a standalone use. Uh, and so that's where it's located. And commercial parking as a principal land use has no required accessory parking. Um, and therefore, adding it to this site does not diminish the provision of required accessory parking for the existing buildings. Next slide. The last point is about a very specific section of the zoning ordinance. Um, found in Article 14, which outlines broad parking and loading requirements. Section 14.3.3 indicates that all the regulations in that particular section apply to parking provided for any use. And historically, that has been interpreted to refer to accessory parking or parking needed to support a principal land use. Next slide. Uh, the image on the right is an excerpt from the Arlington County Zoning Ordinance, which shows the use table for the industrial districts um, and for the M1 district, um, which is relevant to the larger part of the site. And as you can see, commercial parking is a listed principal land use that's allowed in that district. Next slide. So the second <laughs> referenced 1433D includes a reference to section 1433C, um, and that image with the table is provided on the slide, which has information about the minimum size and dimensions for standard and compact parking spaces. So first, those would be inapplicable to a bus parking space, um, because that's not a standard size vehicle. Um, and second, because this entire section is about regulations for required accessory parking that is not applicable to the two commercial parking areas either. However, the White Fleet Vans commercial parking area, which is located in the site plan area, is actually consistent with the requirements of this section. Uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Anne at this point. Thanks so much, Mr. Chairman. I just have a couple things I wanted to just sum up and. Um, and add, um, as uh, the the BZA members are aware, the the standard um, that we're all required to follow, that the board is required to follow, is set forth by the General Assembly and the Virginia Code. And the 
BZA's decision tonight is solely about whether the determination made by the zoning administrator is correct. And added to that is the BZA is required to presume that it is correct. And in addition, the appellants have an extra burden to prove the to overcome basically the presumption of correctness and they have to overcome this presumption that the determination is uh, proper uh, by a preponderance of the evidence so that's all statutorily set out for for this board um so the other thing it's it, there's a lot of of, of information before the board uh, this evening. And I think it's it's helpful to remember that we're here about the determination, not it, it's solely the, the, uh, the analysis of the application of the zoning ordinance um, and not about any actions that took place after the determination, not even the actions of the county board. And we all know the, the appellants are very unhappy with, with actions that uh, took place after the date of this determination. But we're not here to address that. This board is here to address whether the determination is, is correct. Um, so uh, the staff report outlines um, the, the basic facts. There are, this is not a facts, fact intensive case it's it's it, it's um, not really um, a lot of facts that need to be found but we've outlined those in the staff report um, and we've outlined the um, primary the the relevant issues or dispositive issues if you will um, in the staff report um, you will notice as an aside the staff report um, you know, we, does not go into any issues of standing um, because that issue is, of course, moot since the board has decided to hear uh, the appeals. Um, so I would say the bottom of the bottom line is after all of the questions and and presentations that the board hears tonight, I would just remember that the 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 question we need you all to answer tonight is: Has the appellant have the appellants met their burden to show that the zoning administration administrators analysis and and um, de determination regarding the zoning ordinance is incorrect by a preponderance of the evidence. So not just a possibility, but by a preponderance of the evidence. And that means for those of you, it's a it's a strange word. We're used to it in the courtroom, but it means more than not. So more than 50 percent, it's they've shown that it's that it's incorrect by more than 50 percent possibility. Um, and it's it's difficult. I'm happy to answer any questions about that, about that uh, uh, burden. But uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Does that conclude your presentation? The appellants. Um, recall that you will be splitting your time of uh, 45 minutes between the three uh, appeals. No, correct. I, I was just reminding for the record so that no one got left out at the end. Okay, I, I, I just want to note before we start then, given the concession that was just made about the standing issue, uh, we will not address that issue this evening. 
neither will we. I'm not following, but uh... the, the issue of standing is not going to be presently before us because no one's addressing it. So our uh, the board will not address it either. We will not rule on it. We will not vote on it because it's not before us. Neither party is addressing it. Well, in that case, we will address it. We want a ruling on the issue of standing. It, it has not been briefed by um, the the county. So they, they have conceded that standing is not an issue because it's moot. So there's sorry, no but we had an agreement that the issue of standing would be something that would be decided at this hearing. The county has con has has conceded the issue of that you have standing. So there's the, nothing. The there's county nothing has 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 made the uh, statement that the issue of standing is moot. Um, that this board has already decided to hear uh, the appellant's appeal. So the uh, no need to get into the standing issue because it is moot. This board has already made that decision to hear the appeal. Standing is not being challenged presently before us. Miss Malice. It's implicit in our hearing the case that we believe that the applicant has standing. Is that what you're saying? That would be for the, the BZA to say, but the BZA, this board has already determined, I believe is in November, to that they would be hearing this appeal. Um, therefore, the uh, the issue of standing is, is moot. The, the, this board would have entertained any arguments to standing if it had been brought to us by the county, right? So it, it's it's, just because the parties are here doesn't mean um, we wouldn't have heard it if if it, the county had made arguments to that effect, and they clearly haven't. Yeah, the the, With all the county respect. is not is not addressing the standing. We 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 believe in and uh, that it is moot, and there is Thank no you. need to to address that uh, on our. Okay. Part. With all due respect, Miss Miss Sir Miss Miss Malice, please. So, should this go to court, you would not you would not challenge standing. In front of the BZA. I think that's so. It's very difficult to 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 make that uh, determination. It depends on what's appealed to the circuit court. Um, I I can tell you that there are pending litigation matters, as this board may be aware of. Um, but there there was a a, a litigation matter uh, that specifically addressed the issue of standing, in that was. Um, in the circuit court of Arlington. However, the parties, both sides, the county and uh, Mr. and Mrs. Myers, have voluntarily agreed to dismiss that litigation, and those orders have been entered. So the litigation regarding the standing issue has been dismissed voluntarily by both parties. In addition, uh, it, 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 the county's position is that this board need not make any decisions regarding standing at this point because the board, this board, has already decided to hear the uh, the matter. Uh, so the the issue of standing is moot. This board has already made a determination that the matter will be heard. So standing is moot. And so, in your view, that means that it's implicit that we believe that the applicant has standing. I believe this board has to make clear what it, it believes. Um, I'd like to just interject. Th these lawsuits were not dismissed. They were non-suited. 
I don't know, Mr. Kaplan, do you know the distinction between the two? I, I'm sorry, this is, I, I think that we're getting away from our, the reason that we're here tonight. Yeah, I, I, I need for the record to have a, a, a finding that the BZA determined that we had standing. That's where I'm going with this. The, the, there's been no part of the lawsuit Kaplan, basically, that have been- I'm sorry, Ms. Arthur, did you want to jump in? Yes, I think we're, this is a discussion before the board right now. It, I'm pretty sure. So I, I think that we need to hear from board members only. Uh, I, I think because there is litigation ongoing that we should all be very careful about what we're speaking and what we're saying. I believe that the determination and the only thing before us right now is whether or not the zoning administration's determination was correct. I think getting into the the specifics of litigation is very unwise and I would be very inclined to not agree with anything that this board decides regarding anything that is pet that has pending litigation. Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malice. I, I don't think that we're intending to speak about any other cases except what's before us. But in order for us to talk about what's before us, there's an it's implicit that we agree that they have standing to come to us. By the way, that just just to do our part of it. Well, how are how are if we're hearing the case, why do we need to say that it's implicit? We're here. Well, that that's why that's my that was my question to the attorney was, do we have to say it out loud or is it implicit that the fact that we're hearing it means that it has standing? That's that's what we're start, sorting out, not whether not other litigation, not because there is pending litigation over this issue, I don't understand why we need to be specific and say this and muddy and muddy any potential waters that they're already litigating. We're here. I I, I think it's important that we. I disagree. Let's just hear the appeal and let's get going. No, I I I do think that this it's a I think the. It's among it's for us to decide. Are we hearing this case because we believe they have standing to come to the BZA? We're hearing this case because apparently somebody had a discussion with them and we were told that we needed to hear it. Mr. Chairman, if I could address just the issue of pending litigation. Mr. Blakely. If you don't mind. Um as Ms. Golsky said there was a pending case initiated by the county involving a request for a declaratory ruling on their part. They asked that the court determined that the Myers did not have standing and also that there was a second part of that case, which is not relevant here. As Ms. Golsky said, both parties, both parties agreed to non-suit the case, which is a voluntary dismissal with the right to refile. So with respect to the issue that is directly before the BZA now, the issue of standing, there was a case that involved that precise issue. It, it is no longer before the court. So there is no longer a case pending before the court that involves the issue of standing in this with respect to the appeal to the BZA. Okay. I hope that answers your question. My, um, my recollection of back, I think it was November or October, when the parties were before me, I said, if a party does wishes to challenge standing, then that would be handled at this appeal. 
standing has apparently not been challenged by the county. So my uh, opinion would be that we are not addressing standing. As standing is not properly before us. It has not been challenged. In front of this BZA, it has not been challenged. It may have been previously challenged in circuit court, but it has not been challenged in front of this body. And that is, um, unless, unless any of my colleagues disagree with that, that would be my ruling. If, if that's satisfactory with all the parties, I'm, I'm fine with Well, you. I think it's the board's decision. Yeah, I agree. So what, where does that leave us? Starting the appeal, unless my colleagues, if, unless my colleagues would like to hear from additional parties on the issue or take a vote. So are, are we good to start our, our hearing? I mean, the objection has been noted on the record. From my perspective, you're you're ready to go. I mean, I will. We can also we can always argue in court about what the BZA's decision means or doesn't mean. But for this board right now in this hearing, given the county's decision not to challenge standing, I would say that you are positioned to go forward with the hearing. Okay. Thank Great. you. And and this if if this issue is further um, appealed to the circuit court. We have a recording of this proceeding. Exactly. Okay. I will I will turn the podium back to Mr. Myers then. Thank you, sir. Okay. Okay, rather inauspicious start. Um, we are here tonight for a hearing on three appeals of the zoning administrator's determinations. You've been given the numbers. Relying on the determinations in the zoning administrator's zoning determination letter, the Arlington County Board approved a special use permit to allow for the operation, idling, and parking of up to 29 art buses on the Quincy site, which began in 20, June 2022. At this point, the members of the BZA are well aware of the cancellation of the appellant's May 2022 appeals to the BZA and the involvement of two of the BZA's members in such cancellation. We have reason to believe that the county's actions to cancel our appeals, for which there is apparently no precedent, were driven by an unwillingness to be delayed by the automatic stay of the county board's grant of a special exception use permit for the ARC bus use as provided in Title 15.2 of the Code of Virginia, Section 15.2-2311.B, pending the BZA ruling on our appeals at a public hearing. The wrongful cancellation of the appellant's appeals has caused appellants to invest a countless amount of time and quite a bit of money to fight the county board's actions in the Arlington County Circuit Court. While the appellants would have preferred to have, had to have this hearing within the period specified in Title 15.2 of the Code of Virginia, we wish to express appreciation for the efforts of Mr. Kaplan and Ms. Malice to get up to speed on what occurred upon reading the March 3rd, 2003 article by Joe DeVoe, the intrepid reporter with Arlnow, and take appropriate action. The decision to engage independent counsel, oh, by the way, is he participating tonight? 
or listening in anyway? Okay, well, in any event, the decision to engage independent counsel was without question a must. So was the decision to hear our appeals. I'm gonna walk you through, um, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't even pay attention to the slide, but yeah, so that's the correct slide. Just briefly, the, the order of our presentation, forget the, the first point, obviously we'll skip over the legal standing of the appellants. Um, uh, then we'll move on to, well, if we skip it, move directly to the refutation of the zoning determination letter determinations, cover the impact statement. My wife will handle that. And finally, Tom Biles, who's at our table, will uh, make concluding remarks. By the way, there are 72 PowerPoint slides. So in case you're thinking uh, to yourselves, you know, can't possibly cover all of that in the amount of time, you're right, we can't. So we're gonna cover what we think are the most material points and move on. At this point, the appellants have covered the topic um, in both the supplemental, uh, the issues that is, in the supplemental submission to the BZA, submitted to the BZA through Martin Krim on December 11th, 2023, and the appellants proposed facts and conclusions of law submitted to the BZA through Martin Krim on January 17, 2024. With this in mind, this section of the appellants presentation is directed almost entirely at refuting the statements in the county staff report made available late at night on 1-24-2024, just one week before this hearing. The appellants hope that the BZA members have carefully read both of the appellants supplemental submission and the proposed findings of fact and conclusions of law, and as a result, have a reasonably good command of the salient facts and the associated timeline of events, and an understanding of the appellant's analysis of each of the four determinations. If that is not the case, the appellants ask that the BZA not render a ruling in this matter until the BZA has read the above reference documents and reviewed the exhibits and other materials included in the appellant's appeals. As just stated, the appellant's presentation will focus primarily on what we believe to be the spurious assertions in the county staff report with respect to the applicable determinations in the zoning determination letter, knocking down each straw man argument or misrepresentation put forth by the county staff. Please consider that we live in a world in which the radio station WTOP, listened to by many people during their morning and afternoon commutes, feels compelled to start their news segments with the expression, Facts matter. Regrettably, this is not the case for the Arlington County government. Before rebutting the assumptions, uh, the assertions in the staff report, the appellants wish to note that the, in the supplemental submission, the appellants requested that the BZA arrange for a county staff representative to provide Mr. Kaplan, the zoning administrator, and myself with a guided tour of the Quincy site for purposes of all parties seeing the current uses of each of the four buildings on the Quincy site, seeing the positioning of the, uh, of the art buses on the Quincy site, seeing the manner of which the art buses are maneuvered to position themselves for parking during the day and overnight, seeing the portion of the acoustic defense that has been lying on the ground for over three months, hearing the level of the noise made by the buses, including the incessant beeping one in reverse, and smelling the emissions of the bus's exhaust. Because no tour of the Quincy site occurred, the appellants will use the pictures in this section of our presentation to provide incontrovertible proof of the site conditions. A picture is worth a thousand words. 
videos are, or with audio are worth 10,000. Please go to the www.quincysite.org to see many more pictures and videos that are included in, the, than in this PowerPoint. Okay, so now let's get into it. I tried to design, um, sorry, I need to coordinate with the person. Uh, can we move to another? Uh, so let's go, are we section two, the PowerPoint of the slides begin on page 14? Okay, all right. Uh, maybe this is not the best example, uh, but um, anyway, the, the point I wanted to make very briefly is I, out of respect for you, I've tried to make each slide something that you can get the gist of within about three seconds. So I basically just ask if, if you don't think that you've gotten the gist of the particular slide, just say so. Um, anyway, I only want to focus on determinations one and three. Um, Determination two, frankly, was and, and continues to be moot. And determination four is sort of uh, feeds off of the, the error made in uh, determination one. So determination one is that any use uh, deemed to meet the characteristics for commercial parking would be compliant with the currently approved site plan, SP-235, and would be permitted in the CO10 portion of the Quincy site. So each slide basically has an orientation where I state that, that, you know, what is the factual inaccuracy and then provide the correct information or what I deem anyway to be the correct information. The factual inaccuracy is that the site plan did not provide for commercial parking, meaning non-accessory use. Um, they were ent entirely, when the property was rezoned from R5 to CO10, they were entirely to serve an ancillary use and meet the minimum space requirements that are set forth in the Arlington County Zoning Ordinance, which I'll refer to as the ASCO. Um, this was an absolutely critical component of the bargain struck between the two owners of the Quincy site at the time in 1985 and the owners of the surrounding properties, um, a bargain that the then county manager and the then members of the county board endorsed and approved respectively. Next slide. I guess this is a, just a general comment, but uh, I, the county board and the county manager in 1985 were looking out for the interests of the owners of the properties of the surrounding properties. We're in a totally different uh, environment today. Next slide. In a letter dated October 17, 2022, a representative of the Arlington County Department of, uh, I got this, stuck, by the way, through a FOIA request, the Department of Community Planning, Housing and Development articulated what the appellants are asserting as to the terms and intent of the, the July 13, 1985 ordinance and the site plan. Next slide. You can see I, this is a this is more than a one-page document, but this is all I got in the FOIA request, and it's the last paragraph that is highlighted that makes the point that I'm trying to make, which is basically the entire all the parking spaces that were basically for the CO10 portion of the property, where uh, it's 100 roughly 112 parking spaces, were to serve as the parking requirement for the new office building at 1439 North Quincy Street, which is just for your orientation, the building, building four, the one going from west to east that is the eastmost uh, building. 
There can be no argument about the text of the summary section of the 626 1985 memo, which is referred to as the, I think it was technical report by the zoning administrator. Uh, this memo was from the county manager, Larry Brown, the then county manager, the county board, uh, of which the county staff report includes only the last sentence. Uh, but this is the entire text uh, that she, you know, pulled that sentence out of for purposes of the zoning determination letter. Um, again, keep in mind that the, the sole focus of her argument is that the, the, this language refers to a surface parking lot. And from that, she makes the leap in her logic to say, OK, surface parking lot translates into commercial parking. Next slide. The county lawyer and well, I just said that uh, the mere use of the word surface parking lot is irrelevant and does not mean that it is commercial parking. The surface parking lot was intended to be and was for accessory parking. Next slide. In the appellant's 12-11-2023 supplemental submission, the appellants raised the question concerning the zoning administrator's determination. I would, I'm going to read this question, even though it's uh, you can read it yourself. If commercial parking use of the additional 112 parking spaces was contemplated, why did the then owners of the Quincy site, with the input of the county manager, the Arlington County Planning Commission, and the Planning Commission's Site Plan Review Committee, of which one of your colleagues, this freshman, was a member, uh, opt to rezone the property from R5 to CO10, a zoning district for which commercial parking was and is prohibited? The county staff report makes no attempt to answer this question. Next slide. This is another, another uh, factual inaccuracy, which I'll rebut. Um, they, they allege basically that we're saying that basically the, the, the site plan, our interpretation of the site plan locked the use of the four buildings or the two buildings, well, actually all four buildings, uh, because you can park in the, uh, the M1 portion of the site as well to the uses that were in place in 1985. And I guess I'd say, stop and think about that. Does that make any sense to you at all? We're not arguing that, we never have. Um, however, we are arguing that a, a change in any way that affected the site plan would require an amendment of that site plan. And further, because of the fact that there's a deed of covenant that was put in place at the same time and it specifies basically that the restrictive covenant is entirely tied to the 1985 site plan, that that would mean that the county would then have to go back to the parties to that uh, deed of covenant and seek uh, their consent for an amendment of that uh, deed of covenant, which they obviously will never do. The other thing I guess I would like to highlight is although the uses are not limited to what was in place in 1985, two of the buildings now are being used as government warehouses which are not permitted uh, on government, you know, in, in this, in either one of the two areas uh, that are zoned, uh, uh, you know, the two major zoning uh, districts of the um, Quincy site. So obviously the breach of the, the ASCO is in fact a problem. Um, factual inaccuracy number three, since the original site plan approval, the individual parcels that once comprised the Quincy site have been consolidated into a single lot as a result, all of the required spaces associated with the uses of each of the existing buildings may be provided on the Quincy site. Uh, I, I'm just, I mean, this is uh, maybe a little more complicated, but the consolidation of the four separate parts of the Quincy site into a single lot had no effect whatsoever 
or relevance to the pre-existing distinct zoning districts that comprise the Quincy site, the July 13, 1985 ordinance, the SP-235 site plan, or the deed of covenant. The ASCO has not changed from 1985 to the present in terms uh, the president, in terms of the number of parking spots required for the Quincy site, SP-235 made no distinction as to what parking spaces were allocated for which building, only the total number of parking spaces required for the entire site to support the four buildings and their approved uses. Next slide. Determination one is in any event moot, divorced from the actual uses being made of the CO-10 portion of the Quincy site since the June 2022 arrival of the art buses. You all saw a picture of the site. You could, you know, it's much longer than it is, right? So the bottom line is if you put those art buses in the two areas that are within the M1 portion of uh, the Quincy site, basically one is in front of building number one, again, west to east, and the other, the other portion is uh, between buildings two and three then you're left with basically no place to park if in fact you're even parking other than the property that's zoned co 10 which is directly behind my property right and uh so let's let's take a look at what that translates into next slide okay so this is my point basically we're talking about parking but we're not and what's actually going on is not parking at all you notice that these vehicles, this is their position in the CO10 portion of the site. Do you see them in any way trying to stay within the parking uh, demarcations? I mean, they're at 90 degree angle from the right. And by the way, you can't tell by a picture, obviously, but what I'm telling you is almost all of these type of vehicles were the, which were exactly the type of vehicles that the neighbors didn't want travel, you know, entering into the Quincy site back in 1985, which is why they put the deed of covenant in place, assuring basically that if the county ever did, and of course they have, violate the, the site plan or whatever, they had a contract right to basically, you know, seek redress. Anyway, if you go to the website and look at the videos of these vehicles, or whatever, their, their engines are running. In most cases, it's sort of like you can see, you go to the next slide, you've got a, a human being on one of the vehicles, there's a fire truck that, that the fence that you can see, the PVC fence behind the truck, that's my property, okay? That's the CO10 portion of the Quincy site. These vehicles should not be there. Next slide. Again, another vehicle in the CO10 portion. And you can tell just by the nature of sort of what it is that they're there. You know, it's not like they park basically and that's it. They don't park. They don't turn off their ignitions. One more. Uh, sorry, next slide. Okay. And one more. Right. Okay. So that's all I wanted to say about determination one. Um, determination two, the reason I made a comment that it's moot is because of the fact that there were no APS White Fleet vans on the Quincy site before the zoning determination letter, and there haven't been any, at least to my knowledge, since. So I guess I would say, I don't, I don't really know what the point was, uh, but it certainly reflected in my mind, a lack of due diligence on the part of the zoning administrator to having investigated or talked to the people that, you know, it's sought the um, um, zoning determination. By the way, I wanna be clear about this too. I, I hope it hasn't escaped your attention. The appellants didn't never sought a zoning determination. 
We never did. All that the uh, deputy director of the Department of Environmental uh, Services did was submit a letter that I authored on behalf of the BBSCA in mid-February 2022 and said, okay, deal with this. So what I'm trying to say basically is, is we had less than perfect knowledge at that time. We didn't know what position it was that the county was taking with respect to the uh, the, the use, I mean, scar, sorry, the, uh, yeah, the principal use category to be applied for the art bus use. They purposely remained publicly silent on that uh, subject. Okay, so I'm skipping that slide and going, let's go, yeah, okay, somebody's already ahead of me. Um, this is the, the, from our vantage point, this is the Crete, the, the, the critical determination. Determination number three, again, now we shifted to the M1 portion of the site. Uh, <clears throat> in the appellant's pos uh, position section, a statement is made that the appellants contend that the use category most closely associated with the use of the subject property in the portion zone M1 is not commercial parking, but rather is a bus terminal. Okay, I guess I would say if you saw the December 11th, 2023 supplement that I provided to you, I mean, this is sort of, I, I guess it's a, it's a, it's ancient history, frankly. Um, in any event, think about a zoning determination that is, instead of affirmatively you know, sort of addressing the subject of what is the correct use determination. You know, the, the, the topic of the, the of what was to be addressed was in essence saying that the appellants were wrong. All right. I don't concede that point, uh, sort of playing the same game that uh, we heard from the county's attorney. Um, in any event, let's get to the, the real bottom line. The appellants day to day. Uh, yeah, there we go. Experience an off the charts level of particularized harm they have suffered for the last 19 months since June 22 makes apparent that parking is an almost insignificant aspect of the art bus use, limited to the hours between midnight and 4 a.m. Parked vehicles do not belch out toxic particular matter, generate noise that can be heard throughout uh, my wife and I's house, such that they are aware of and disturbed by every single loop or positioning of, of an art bus uh, 20 hours a day. And they beep so often that appellant that we have been forced to buy several white noise devices in a mostly futile attempt to drown out the beep the the beeping. As I said in the supplement, this is not parking. Next slide. For the zoning administrator, this should have been entirely apparent and predictable based on the DES deputy director's March 17, 2022 statement of support for the special exception use permit permit which detailed the short intervals between departures of the art buses from and return to the Quincy site throughout the day and night outside of the hours of midnight to 4 a.m. Pellens Myers have effectively no respite from the operation and idling of one or more uh, multiple art buses on the Quincy site. Next slide. The supplemental submission to the BZA explains in detail the evolution in the appellant's thinking in initially proffering in the BVSA's 213-2022 letter to the county board, passenger terminals and services, the most similar principal use category in the ASCO section 8.1.2 industrial districts principal use table and asserting what is the current position of the appellants that the most similar principal use category is governmental facilities for which there is no specific use type that would permit such use in the ASCO section 8.1.2 industrial districts principal use table. 
There is no need for me to repeat that information or to go on uh, on that front. Next slide. Suffice to say that the zoning administrator took issue with passenger terminals and services principal use category by virtue of the absence of any, and she said this uh, just a few minutes ago, absence of any passengers embarking on the uh, uh, embarking on any of the art buses at the Quincy site. She fixated on that one word, passenger. Similarly, the appellants take issue with the zoning administrator's choice of commercial parking as the principal use category, believe that, believing that she again fixated on a single word, parking, to the point of ignoring the far more material aspects of the operation, idling, and parking of the art buses out of and on the Quincy site. Next slide. In the uh, appellant's supplemental position, the BZA, the appellants detailed the logic behind their current position that the actual use category for the operation, idling, and parking of the art buses on the Quincy site is governmental facilities, relying on A, the specific reference to public transit facilities in the ASCO section 12.2.4D.2 examples of government facilities. And I think more importantly, next slide, um, two provisions of uh, the ASCO that, quite frankly, um, I, I was not on top of back in um, um, February 2022. And I guess I'd say I'd like to highlight here, this is critically important. In my opinion, this is the most flagrant mistake that the zoning administrator has made. I made the assumption naively, I guess I would say, back in February 2022, that she would follow the ASCO in deciding upon what the principal use category, and I didn't know any better, but I, I thought to myself, okay, so I need to be looking at the choices for an M1 zoning district. Well, here are two provisions of the ASCO, which you hopefully can read for yourselves, that make clear, basically, in her role, she should be considering any zoning district, not limiting her analysis basically to what is the existing zoning district to come up with a principal use category. Next slide. In, a, in the supplemental submission of the BZA, the appellants note that the M1 portion of the Quincy site would have had to be rezoned because the specific use types under the governmental facilities principal use category, which in the M1 zoning district is limited to fire stations and police stations, of which obviously this is neither. Uh, further, uh, the appellants uh, assert that the zoning administrator bent to the will of the county board, the county manager, and the director and deputy director, and perhaps others, to settle on the commercial parking principal use category based on pure expediency. Next slide. In that regard, I included this footnote as footnote 32 in the supplemental submission uh, I guess I'd say, um, and we have this uh, on tape, don't we? This uh, conversation with the, no, well, anyway, we have it in some form. Minutes, okay, well, anyway. Um, the di director of the DES stated at this December 9th, 2021, that the Quincy site had been selected among the options being considered as the location to operate idle and park the 29 art buses because the Quincy site was the only site under consideration that would not need to be rezoned. Think about that. And by the way, I don't know whether I've got this down here or not. Okay, uh, next slide. Uh, I'll highlight the, the point here. Um, 
the county manager and county board simply had no interest or time to go through all the proper steps required to rezone the M1 zoning district, the PS. Contracts had already been signed for the construction of the new art operations and maintenance facility. Uh, Ms. Clark, I, you know, I'm sure are familiar with that. Uh, so the reality is they could not afford under any circumstances to have the automatic stay kick in while you basically you know, scheduled a public hearing and rendered a decision. Simply could not afford to do that. So therefore they canceled the appeals. And by the way, we, we did, this was part of our FOIA request. We asked the question, we wanted to go back further in time, but the county's attorney uh, ref, uh, refused to agree to that. Not since January 1, 2021. And I would argue to you probably the reality is it's never happened before that the county staff has canceled an appeal to the BZA on the basis basically of claiming that the appellant or appellants did not have standing. Think about that. All right. Um, I see I've still got a little more time, so I actually will deviate from what I said I was going to do. And you can see these slides are moving fairly quickly. We're at 41. So I'll go into determination four. Again, determination four, if the, the, the whole argument being made by the zoning administrator is this is should be uh, principal use category uh, is commercial parking. I've already, in my opinion, rebutted that point. But anyway, in any event, we'll go on. Um, uh, can you skip this slide and go to the next one? Okay, so look at the ASCO section 14.3.2, reduction of parking, standing or loading areas. Reason, it reason full, no parking area, parking space, standing space or loading space, which existed at the time of this zoning ordinance, at the time the zoning ordinance became effective, or which subsequent thereto is provided, shall thereafter be relinquished or reduced in any manner below the requirements established in this zoning ordinance, except as may be permitted by section 16.5. The, uh, the same provision was cited in the county staff report, but it cited the version that's in effect today, not the version that was in effect at the time the zoning administrator rendered her zoning determination letter. Now, in fairness, the distinction is immaterial, but I just wanted to note that that, that was done. Um, next slide. Okay, so we've already covered this, so we'll skip this slide. And we've covered this, so I'll skip that slide as well. All right, so then we're, yeah, right. So on the next slide reflects exhibits N and O to the five, six, there were two letters submitted by the BBSCA to the county board. One was uh, February 13th and the other May 6th. Uh, we refer to the first letter as the original letter. The second is the follow-up letter, uh, which uh, consists of Arlington County produced calculations of the required, the required number of parking spaces for the eastern half and the western half, respectively, of the Quincy site under this site plan based on the manner of use of the four buildings on the Quincy site at the time. So you can see basically the num numbers uh, reflect, and note by the way on the left side anyway, you see how there's a, 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 a division for an item refle reflecting compact spaces. All right, now think about those vehicles that you, the, the trucks that you saw basically uh, earlier or whatever. This is what the site plan stipulated and the number 
is 176 on one side. And I'm actually not sure what the second number is, quite frankly. But um, anyway, uh, we'll come back to that. Next slide. OK, the county staff report, and this is uh, this document was reflected also in the. Um, the um, statement of support for the the, the request for the the um, uh, use permit for the art buses. So this hasn't changed. This uh, go to the next slide and you see the, the breakdown of the numbers. The total number that you see at the bottom, not quite the bottom, but on the right column, basically. Uh, existing striping 219 and they're claiming basically that they meet the minimum parking space requirements. So next slide. Just want to kind of get, sort of be very particular about this. This analysis is flawed in several respects, including that it understates the square footage of each of the four buildings. If you look. At the, you see the uh, the prior slide, you see there's a, a column square footage and you see the figures that are cited there. Follow everybody following me. OK, so it understates the square footage of uh, those all of those buildings. Uh, by virtue of excluding assertedly vacant space in buildings when on information and belief such space is not vacant. There was a county employee and I won't say anything further that would allow anybody to identify him that gave me a tour of the Quincy site not that long ago. I walked through all four of the buildings. I know what's inside those buildings. I guess I would say two of them are still basically in terms of, you know, their their walls, what have you. You can cl clearly see they're only suited for um, office space, which has a higher minimum re uh, minimum required parking space count associated with it. The other two buildings, one is basically for, uh, you know, a fire emergency equipment. It's like it basically become a garage, shall we say. And the other building is, in fact, uh, being used as a warehouse, um, which has a much lower minimum parking space requirement. So uh, th that list is characterizing as warehouse space space, what is in fact office space, which is subject to a, oh, I just went through that. Next slide. It impermissibly includes 45 spaces which are located within 25 feet of the R5 properties on the south side of the Quincy site that cannot be included by virtue of the Quincy site now being owned by the county board. ASCO section 12.4.3B provides no parking shall be located within any 25 feet of the boundary of an R district. We live in an R district. Um, and it includes approximately 34 parking spaces located between my property and building number two, which the art buses drive over when returning to the Quincy site. So anybody that knows what's going on at the Quincy site does not park there for obvious reasons. So then jump to the uh, next slide. Next slide. Yeah, OK, so these are the real numbers. And it, by the way, this number doesn't even reflect, uh, you know, the issue about the, the 25 feet within an R uh, district or whatever. So I'm, it's like not, not even all the errors are reflected here, but you can see the, the, total, the actual total number. And note, by the way, you can see the, the, the actual true square footage of each of the buildings. And you, if you did a comparison, you'd see that in most cases, the, the county's number is like a one third what they actually are, but the number is 301 versus 219. Okay. Next slide. 
this is the one issue that I guess I'd say if you were to rule in favor of the county, the zoning administrator, we don't care because we've already conceded the issue. Next slide. Okay, and then we've got section 143.3D, the final section, which reads as follows. Access and maneuvering space shall be provided in accordance with section 4.3.3C and shall permit the parking removal of a vehicle without moving other vehicles. Now take a look at the next slide. What you've got there, these, this is the space in front of building one. You've got five lanes of three buses in each lane. Now you tell me, how would a bus in the middle of that, uh, any of those lanes get out of that position without having another bus move to do so? Same thing, go to the next slide. This is the space between building number two and building number three. And again, you can see that basically that it would be difficult. This area, by the way, is penned with a fence. So the reality is if you think the, the buses that are behind the front buses that are you know, farther away could just back up and get out, they can't. Uh, next slide. The factual inaccuracy here, I, I just want to read this to you. It says the physical arrangement and management of the wrongly asserted commercial parking use has been designed so that the art buses enter and leave the Quincy site without the, the need to move other vehicles. The wording of the county staff report matters. It intentionally omits any reference to the routine maneuvering of the art buses on the Quincy site for positioning purposes. Imagine those buses, the 15 buses that are in front of building one. They have, you know what I mean? They, they, they're put in an order, basically. So the bottom line is once they all are there, whatever, now you've got to, you know what I mean? You've got to move multiple buses to make sure that they're in the position that they want them to be. Person need not spend more than about five minutes any time of day or night when multiple art buses are returning to or departing from the Quincy site to observe that the beeping of the buses when in reverse for positioning purposes is constant. Also, if one of the art buses requires maintenance, that bus may have to be moved so that one or more of the other buses can exit the Quincy site. And this is a fairly regular occurrence. As you can see, if you look at the next slide. Okay, and this is a rather important point as well. Last, this is my last slide. Curiously, the county staff report includes a statement that the requirements about maneuvering spaces, rather maneuvering buses, are not are also not applicable given that this is a principal parking lot land use approved via site plan 235, not required accessory parking. In theory, though not in reality, the art buses should at no time cross into or park in the CO1 portion of the Quincy site. SP 235 has no applicability to the M1 portion of the Quincy site, so the reference to SP 235 has the appellants scratching their heads. In any event, the photos in the next session, section, which my wife will handle, uh, show the buses traversing the CO10 portion of the Quincy site. I mean, and not by a matter of inches. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for your time. All right, I'm going to be really quick. Um, so um, this is a phone uh, that I, I received a phone. Uh, I received a phone call um, December 3rd, 2021, by the head of DES, telling me that uh, they'd be moving um, buses to the Quincy site, and it would be effectively a buy right use, and that it was going to be um, part of a county manager's meeting 
reports and not even an action item on the uh, consent agenda or the regular agenda. So there was no sort of use that they felt needed to be approved. It was something that they could do. And this is a, some documentation we have around that. Next slide, please. So this actually, this shows the site and it really uh, just wanna give you a sense as to the operations, because again, we're not talking about parking really, we're talking about operations. So you see the purple is kind of like uh, how the buses traverse and every single bus that comes in and goes out is passing right behind our houses. Now you see the orange, very frequently now you're entering into the covenant area that orange is you know indicative of that covenant area and then you'll see looping of buses right behind our houses i mean within feet uh and they loop around uh you can see uh, nelson street uh, at the top is where the sort of uh the covenant area kind of uh, is closed off but uh, and then there are houses all along the way um the hours are from uh, 4 a.m. till around midnight, so we get it all day long. Um, next slide. So what's it like living there? I mean, the noise is terrible, and these are the prescription um, medication I had, uh, medications I had to get just because melatonin wasn't doing it. I mean, it is impossible to sleep with this. Um, we have, as he's talked about, the idling uh, activity all day long from 4 a.m. to midnight. Again, every bus that's coming in is circling right behind us. We have loss of property values, effectively no mitigations. They put up a, I mean, it's comical, uh, an acoustic fence that isn't even um, up anymore. So if we go to the next slide, and, um, and I guess one major concern that we have is that they're gonna keep cycling through these temporary uses after temporary uses, and there's zero money, which the county manager confirmed effectively in the last, uh, recently that there's I mean, they, they weren't aware of any money in the CIP for long-term planning. So now we we just want to, now I was showing you that yellow loop. This is effectively buses. I mean, 10 feet from my property line where buses are looping around. We have video of it, but we didn't want to take a chance of showing it here. That's sort of to indicate how the buses are looping around. Now, the next slide, you see a sense of idling. So this is on both sides of the, of the, of the um, property. Why would all these buses be lit up uh, for that long? So, you know, usually just got outside and went and take photos that day. I don't like to get up at 4.30 every day to take photos, but this gives you a sense as to the, again, the operations that we're seeing. And this next slide, I just took this today. This is just an example of idling. Um, so basically the next slide and I'll finish up and then Tom will take over. You know, the nearest neighbors, you know, we all in Arlington, we, we all bear um, burdens, you know, living in this in such a, a tight community. But really, I think the county enjoys has enjoyed enormous benefits in using the site in this way as a bus operations facility, we would say Ill illegally. Well, the nearest neighbors, all of whom are, you know, in residential housing <laughs> overlooking it. And it's not just us, it's our neighbors. We just happen to be here taking this forward. You know, the county benefits are certainly a lot of money and the neighbors, you know, we have issues of justice, money, idling and um, health concerns, the noise um, and just pure aggravation. So um, next slide and, you know, okay. Oh, okay. And then there's a quote here from uh, Mr. Karen Thomas, a board member, um, previous slide, please. Uh, when he says, you know, we know that we are asking the neighborhood next to the Quincy property for a significant sacrifice. So for these two years, it's actually longer, uh, a little bit more than two years. 
and they will have to deal with the noise and the consequences of being the host of 29 buses. And that was made at the approval meeting. So the last slide is, you know, would this be facilitated, endorsed, and approved if this was a private entity that sought this same use on the site, knowing all the, you know, the covenant and the other, uh, the residential neighborhood and so forth? Thank you. I'll be very brief. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of the Bolton Virginia Square uh, Civic Association, uh, which is a civic association organized among its many other purposes to advise and petition local government for redress of members' grievances. Moreover, the BVSCA is a party to the covenant that has been referred to, which gives it a property interest in the uses of the par parcel as well. Um, we iterate that the uh, county bought this parcel subject to the limitations of this covenant. Um, I'm a legal historian, and I think that the uh, points surveyed, uh, especially points one and three in, in, in my colleague's uh, presentation, are compelling. The history, and as well as the history of the use of the property, which up to now has been uh, for jumping joeys and uh, uh, mixed martial arts and uh, bowling alley and some government offices. I mean, it, it's an appurtenant use. This is a, a, a significant departure from, from historical uses. Um, we, we adopt all the points and arguments advanced by the appellants on the merits veil none of the decisions taken heretofore. And beyond that, um, let me just say that I think we all expect to uh, abide by the well-established rules and procedures and to rely on them. And we trust that you will apply the law and the zoning rules equitably and uh, transparently. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mr. Bowen, can you bring up the speaker list for me? Yes, Mr. Kaplan, just a moment. So now we're gonna let's hear from uh, members of the public who have signed up to speak. First on the list is Ms. Hilton from the Cherrydale Citizens mm -hmm. Association. Uh, hi, you can hear me, right? Yes, we can. Yes. Okay, so uh, Mr. Chairman and members, I am uh, participating on behalf of the Charitable Citizens Association. The CCA has been engaged and interested in the use of the Quincy Street site since the county's multi-million dollar buy option was announced in 2015. We stand in solidarity with the Boston Virginia Square Civic Association on the disappointing lack of a permanent long-term use of this valuable piece of limited county real estate. Meanwhile, our concerns about the use of the parking and operation of buses have been validated. We are equally troubled by what appears to be the county's disregard of the GLUP's low residential designation of the site and its efforts to carve away the settled expectations of the site's usage prior to county acquisition and JFAC's recommendations were explicit that bus operations were not appropriate here as well as the 1985 restricted covenant on the site, 
all these uh, documents and recommendations were to ensure that the county would not see fit uh, or would find uses that were that would fit into a residential neighborhood. The county's adverse treatment of these protections to facilitate its current use of the Quincy Street site sends a message and sets a precedent that other neighborhoods may likewise be at risk. As the BZA considers the rules and rules on the immediate narrow um, specifics of the appeal before you, please take a step back and appreciate the consequences of what your ruling will have for this site. The county has presented no plan that moves beyond the cycle of temporary uses of the site, which by default becomes the long-term plan. This is not the vision the CCA has for this public property. Thank you for allowing us to add our voice to the public record on this issue. Good night. Thank you, Ms. Hilton. Ms. Woodson. Good evening. Thank you for the time to speak as a lifelong Arlington resident and the third generation to be in the county. Our family has owned a house on Nelson Street since 1971, prior to the covenant that is being discussed of 1985. We have endured many different things and many different uses of the Quincy Street property, one of which that building C3 was used as a moving company. Part of the dead end being created on Nelson was as a restriction to the continued use of industrial equipment onto the property. And there had been discussion with the residents on the dead end of Nelson prior to the covenant of 85 that that property was going to end up being single family homes or townhouses. We were also solicited on the dead end of Nelson to turn our houses over to the developer to turn it into a townhouse community when, if you recall, the Boston Corridor was being turned in to a lot of single family homes being just being torn down and then um, townhouses being erected there. That has always been what the appropriate use of that property, the reason why the covenant was created, and many other things that have been going on there since the Arlington County took over the property is not what the residents ever signed up to, nor was the development and intent of the covenant in 85. So my last point is, it's great that that parking lot may be zoned for whatever. It has two levels of asphalt on it. It is not intended for industrial tonnage vehicles to be using that property on a day in and day out activity. And so if the county plans to have that as long-term structure, then you need to dig it up and put reinforced concrete as any surfaceable area that has tonnage vehicle use is used because I'm tired of my house shaking and I'm tired at 3 a.m. the fire department using it as a place to learn to drive. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Ms. Woodson. Mr. Theo. Yes, hello again. Uh, so we back at the uh, BZA one week later for a completely different topic. Um, I am not an expert in any of this, so definitely take my opinions with a grain of sand. But uh, I am speaking as an individual, someone who lived close to the site for nine years uh, near in Boston before moving to the Clarendon area a couple of years ago, would walk by there pretty much on a daily basis as part of my daily walk. And uh, my entire nine years living in the neighborhood, the loudest things that I would ever see, the most disruptive things I'd ever see going on in that site were on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, some, you know, 
parked vehicles using some little office space that happened to be there before all of this happened. Um, I think it has been noted, uh, used to be a bowling alley at one point and a uh, mixed martial arts and a few other things in that area, things like that. Twice a year, the county would use it for their hazardous waste disposal. So there'd be a big line of cars waiting to drop off uh, electrical equipment and hazardous waste and stuff like that. Um, that only happened a couple of times a year. Using that space either for the M1 light industrial or the CO 1.0 uh, commercial space, uh, that's a completely different beast from what it's being used now with buses idling and uh, beeping and uh, the noise and traffic going through there at odd hours of the day and night. Um, so that is my hope for the BZA to really look into and really delve into is that specific use of buses being a completely different thing from what you think of as an actual commercial parking lot. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Theo. Mr. Lutner? He's on an airplane. And uh, lastly, Mr. Hughes. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay. Yes, uh, thank you. My name is Ken Hughes. I live at 14th and Nelson. I'm about uh, less than a block away from the site in question. First, I want to thank the board for this opportunity to testify. My general remarks are that I am in solidarity with my neighbors uh, supporting this uh, zoning appeal. Uh, secondly, I would like to say that this is just not an appropriate usage for this site, which is in right in a residential neighborhood. There's too, too much noise. There's too much pollution in terms of the idling. Uh, specifically, uh, a lot of people think compressed natural gas, which these buses run on, is not that harmful. It, we, more and more research shows that the particulate matter that, that is um, that of the, those emissions are very harmful to human health. In addition, when one considers the, the uh, CO2 emissions uh, that go, come with uh, getting the natural gas itself out of the ground, those buses actually have as much CO2 emissions as diesel-powered ones. So they're significant par particulate matter. There's a lot of CO2 being put into the atmosphere. There's too much noise. This is harmful for children, for families, for adults. And I respectfully ask uh, that the uh, commission uphold this appeal. Thanks very much. Thank you, Mr. Hughes. I believe this brings us to our question and answer phase of tonight's hearing. Um, would anyone on the uh, would any one of my colleagues like to start us off tonight? Mr. Chairman. Ms. Freshman, please. I'm not sure there's anybody here who can answer my question, but um, I'm persuaded that the county certainly isn't being a very good neighbor. But um, that isn't really, as I understand it, the subject of the uh, the hearing that we're addressing right now. Is there anybody who knows how long 
this so-called temporary use is going to continue. I don't know, Portia, if you have any idea based on the other end of this um, use or not. I, I don't have any precise dates. Um, initially, we were told that it would be a little over two years for the construction. For the has, facility. It begun, has it begun? It is being worked on, but it's not completed. Okay. That's it. For, that's all for the moment. Thank you. Ms. Freshman, do you want any more information? 30 seconds. Yeah. So um, the county manager at uh, what was the meeting? The board review of this whole thing, which occurred on like uh, a week or so ago, uh, said basically that the site down in your neighborhood will actually not be big enough to house all the buses. Uh, and so uh, basically what they said is there will, the, the, the 12 31 2025 date, that's out the window. It will be extended. And in addition to that, more likely than not, additional buses will be moved to the Quincy site to accommodate basically the fact that there simply isn't enough space at this parking garage that's being built. There's a lease in Ar Alexandria that is scheduled to expire in June of this year. I'm sorry, was it 2025? Okay, so in other words, there, there are two other locations from which buses will not be adequately housed at uh, the uh, facility in, in Ms. Clark's neighborhood. So I guess I would say to me, I don't know. I don't consider two and a half years temporary to begin with, but in any event, it's it's who knows. Thank you. The county board has the authority to extend the period in their sole discretion. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Freshman, any further questions? Would any uh any of my other colleagues like to? And I guess I will uh, I have some questions. Um I've, I'll start with the zoning administrator, if that's okay. Um, I too am focused on particular words. And so uh, Ms. Vaughn, I would appreciate some assistance in um, looking at 12.2.5 uh, um, commercial parking. Does the word in 12.2.5, in you know, commercial is in the, the subheading and the heading and the subheading, 12.2.5 um, is retail service and commercial use categories. And then in E, commercial parking. Does the term commercial have any special meaning in the zoning ordinance in in the context of mixed use and in that section? So for the use category, I would say not, it's not, it's a term used to describe exactly what it says, that parking that's not required um, as a land use, the term commercial generally refers to retail and office. Um, but this is a specific term, commercial parking, which we've defined and characterized as a use category. Um, and so that's the guidance that I'm using to determine whether it's similar to that. I guess I'm right. I'm having trouble just from a perspective reading it because it could have just been left as parking and then defined by the characteristics. But someone made a decision to put that word commercial in there, and commercial has a meaning. Um, are you are you familiar with the the term um, in the definition um, commercial uh, commercial vehicle? Yes. 
Right. So my understanding, um, and I have it somewhere here, but um, buses use uh, buses or vehicles used for schools, and um, buses used solely for a government purpose are excluded from the definition definition of commercial vehicle. And I get that commercial vehicle is not in uh, subsection E, but it would seem a logical point to at least raise that if those vehicles are excluded from the commercial vehicle definition, should they be able to park in a commercial parking lot? In certain sections, I can't remember off the top of my head. I feel like we have a, that definition because we call it out specifically where we think it's not appropriate. So um, I believe it's in residential districts where we have regulations that specifically say commercial vehicles are not permitted here. And in the absence of that, I don't think it's implied that they're not acceptable in a commercial parking area. Um, switching to zoning determination letters generally. Um, are, uh, how, at what circumstances is zoning determination letter required? I didn't hear the beginning. Um, zoning determination letters. Mm -hmm. In what circumstance are zoning uh, determination letters required? I'm trying to figure out, you know, they're generally by request. By request. So if if no one requested one in this case, we wouldn't be here today. Correct. Correct. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> for this very specific for, issue, right, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, how, to your knowledge, how often has um, DES or someone within the county requested a zoning determination? It's rare. Rare. Are you aware of um, um, whether a determination of um, commercial bus parking or bus parking has been made before? Is that like a first impression to your knowledge? Right. I'm not aware of any, but I can't say that it hasn't happened. Um, okay, I want to switch to some language on the in the um, zoning ordinance um, SB 235. Mm -hmm. um, the sentence that starts out the 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 ordinance specifically relating to two two seven six eight five three. There's kind of two. There are two ordinances in question, is my understanding. So the the one regarding the um, the the one with the six conditions, the second one. There's or, only one, unless you're talking about the rezoning. The rezoning. Yes. Okay. Because it, it, it's right. That's about the Quincy site. So Got that's it. my confusion. Okay. Right. Um. The sentence it's you know starts out be it ordained um, that pursuant to the application A two two seven six eight five dash three on file in the office of zoning administrator for a special exception for a site plan for a parking lot for the parcels of real property. Can you speak to parking lot for the parcels? I'm not sure I know. I understand what you're asking. Right. So so when I read um, parking lot for the parcels, I read that to mean the parking lot serves the parcels, not that the parking lot is going to serve other uses, which would seem oh, I see, which would seem to then make the, the commercial parking inapplicable. I guess my initial reading would be that's where it's located. Um, a little further down, the paragraph states 
the parcels so described shall be used only according to the approval requested by the application. Can you point me to the relevant portion of the application that is going to speak to the use? Right, this shall be used by the approval requested to the application. So I'm trying to determine what use was actually approved. A surface parking lot. Can you uh, you will point me to where that is in the? We didn't include the entire application documents in the attachment. We just included the the minutes. Okay. And um, I wrote this question when I was much more confused about this case, but I, I want to just clarify my own confusion. So the, the M1 section of this property so is, is not the subject of the SB 285 site plan. Is that correct? correct? And, and the zoning administrator's view is that art buses and school vans um, are commercial vehicles, right? Or not, is that just not, not, not applicable? I'm not making a determination okay. on that at all. Okay. Um, taxi dis my, my last topic is taxi dispatch centers, which are a topic in the, the zoning determination letter. Um, is, is your understanding that the taxi dispatch centers will include passengers? I don't know. Thank you. Um, that's all I have for Ms. Vaughn before I go on to anyone else. Would, would anyone else like to ask questions of Ms. Vaughn? Yeah, if, if we could, yeah, if we're going to do Ms. Vaughn first. Please, Ms. Malice. Like so I have a lot of just clarifying questions um, regarding the covenant. You know, it is not a matter for the zoning administrator. Is it a matter for another department in the county? It's out of my hands, so I, I don't know that I can speak to that. Can Ms. Golsky speak to that? No, that's not part of the zoning determination letter, so I don't think that's... Well, uh, I'm just trying to establish where the covenant fits in. Um, if if the real estate department looks at the covenant, does the, does anybody alert the county board before there's, they do an action that a covenant is involved in the property? I, that would be a question for uh, another person or, or body, but we're we're really here for the zoning administrator's determination and outside uh, of that, I, we're just, I, I can't give you an answer. All right. Um, we have bus parking elsewhere for schools, you know, at, at the Trade Center. Um, you know, we have it down on Route on Route One. What is the what is the zoning? I don't know. Is it is that not relevant to this case? I can't tell you off the top of my head what the zoning districts are for various locations in the county. But in this moment, but but there those zoning districts are appropriate for the use that's currently there. <laughs> it's not in the determination. I can't speak to it. Okay. Um, I, I will um, confess I have the dubious distinction of being part of the club that read substantially all of this. And so my questions are sort of scattered throughout a lot of documents. And that's why I'm a little halting in terms of, you know, figuring out 
what question to ask where and where did it come from? Um, I'm going to just ask some questions on the staff report then. Um, on page nine of the staff report, at the very top, the, the, the sentence there says, on May 14th, 2022, the county board approved a special exception use permit to authorize commercial parking on the subject property. Do you follow where I'm reading? Yes. That was not on the, on the commercial. That was just on the M1. Is that correct? You mean not on the CO1? Not on CO1. At least that's the way I read the 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 board staff report, they explicitly say that it was not for that portion. Because that portion is already governed by site plan. So yes. Yes. So so I just wanted to make sure I was understanding that correctly. The board approved a special use permit to authorize commercial property, not on parking on only a portion of that site, yeah. not the whole site. Okay. Um, The, on page 11, the second paragraph. As to the appellant's argument regarding the current use of the area designated for bus parking, allegations of violations of the approved use permit. Which use permit are we talking about in that sentence? The one you just mentioned. The the one we just mentioned. So basically, you're saying now after the fact. Yes. That if they have complaints about that use permit on the M1 section of the site, that they can go through code enforcement. Yes. Okay. Got it. Um, So we saw pictures of a variety of different vehicles on the CO1 portion of the site. The county board approved a uh, licensing agreement with the school board that that section would be reserved for them, for, for the school board. And in our materials, specifically for the white, white van fleet, mm -hmm. right? It, can you speak to why there are all these other vehicles using that portion? I don't know. And I don't know that that is the case, so I can't I, speak to it. I'm just looking at the pictures that were shown by the applicant here. And also, I did drive down there myself and, you know, in the evening and, and look, and there were a variety of vehicles. And I, I didn't see anything that looked like a white van fleet um, parked there. 
So I'm just curious, would would you say that that's some kind of a violation if the fire department is parking there? I don't regulate licensing agreements. Okay. So if that's about the licensing agreement, that's not a zoning issue. Okay. So what's going on there now is not part of zoning. All right. And and it's not something you permitted. Let's put it that way. You did not permit fire engines to be using that site. I'm here to talk about the determination. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to understand what 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 your determination allows. Does it allow parking not associated with an accessory use? So parking that's not supporting a principal use is allowed there. Okay. All right. Um, why why didn't we rezone the M1 to a more workable um, district? I don't know. Who would who would have made that? The county board. The county. Well, who would have initiated that? I I don't know. I don't know. From 1985. No, no, the M1 now. Not 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 from 18. So the M1 now is awkward. Right, it, it's it's an awkward it's because we have to sort of do some jiggering to allow buses to park there. Why didn't we just rezone that district to something more compatible as part of the this approval? The board can do anything it wants on its own motion. If that's, that's what they wanted to do with that property, they could have initiated it themselves. But I think they have to follow zoning. They have to change the zoning, and that's what I'm saying. They could have changed. But they the would zone. initiate a zoning change. They could have initiated a zoning change. Right. Okay. If if some if it had been pointed out to them that something was odd. Okay. Um, I think that's it for now. I may have some more questions. You know, after I hear the you know we talk to the applicant. I have uh, uh, Ms. Clark, please. A question um, on the special use exception that was approved um, May 14th. I don't see, I guess I'm looking for my attachment 10, but I didn't find it. When was the application submitted for that to be approved on the 14th? I don't know. But I, I don't receive or review use permit applications. Oh, I think there was, it was in our packet, wasn't it, Mr. John Muir? It said attachment 10, but I don't see anything labeled. It was John. It was in the materials. I just see the staff report is dated May the 4th. This one on attachment 10 is dated May 14. That's the date of the county board yeah, meeting. But it, yeah, but I guess it's, I haven't gotten to where it says the so request was made. It, um, it says, uh, you know, what I, what I got out of it was that on March 8th, 
John Muir submitted a use permit application. Oh, got it. Oh, so that's attachment three, it looks like. Yeah, he, he submitted a use yeah. permit application okay. on March 8th. But John is county staff? Yeah, oh. yes, yeah, he's county oh. staff. And then George May wrote a letter on the 17th, and then George May made a request for a zoning determination on April 4th. So the, yeah. use, the use permit was filed before the request for the determination was filed. And before the appeal was filed. Right. Okay. Is any further? I have uh, I got I have two quick more ones. Uh, two quick questions more. Um, um, one of them is just more of a soliciting of a comment and trying to um, make put some information in the record. Um, in part of the applicant's material, the the appellant's materials, page six hundred one of the original um, submission that the county put online um, is a uh, use permit application from October twelfth, twenty sixteen. Now I am much more familiar with use permits than I am um, board of uh, appeals um, documents. Um, but um, in the information provided to us was in Arlington County transit um, applicant um, for a use permit in the M1 light industrial district um, in 2629 Sherlington Road. So I, I assume that that's for the current facility that is also has been mentioned previously, but in the Existing conditions description that staff puts in in their use permit um, applications. This zoning district uh, permits motor vehicle storage lots by right with no restrictions. Um, but in the subject of this appeal says that that um, the definition in the ordinance would not allow um, art buses to be used in a motor vehicle storage lot by uh, by right. Right. I remember reading in the uh, in your, your the papers in that zoning determination letter that this use would be precluded by definition but it seems to be um how this property which appears to be similarly situated is described i'm sure there was a question in there so. uh, just, uh, any comment on or any background any any information you'd like to add to that statement if, so you're talking about the shirlington site yes I, so, I don't have any comment on that right so so this use permit was just for a bigger fence but as as this board is well aware um, we get a lot of background information about the property in order to, for, for BZAs, which I was not a part of in 2016, to make that determination. And so that's I, that, that really just caught my eye that, that you know, there's an argument in the current zoning, uh, zoning determination um, for, for something that is being claimed not to be allowed now. And I think the appellant, and, I, and I'm not going to cite the statute, the ordinance correctly, um, about a previous use determination, and, and um, it appears that that there might not have been a previous use determination, but some kind of determination was made in relation to some kind of substantially sim similar use. And so I just wanted to you know, put that into the record for whatever future discussions we have. I don't as, know that it's definite that it's substantially similar. I'm sorry? I don't know that we can say that it's substantially similar. Understood. Thank you. Um, and then my last my last question, just, just um, closing the loop on um, um, zoning determination letters. I don't, I, I uh, admittedly am in that camp that read I think every page in this, and I can't find in front of me for the life of me, the um, staff report. But my recollection is there is a footnote on the staff report saying that um, your office received a zoning determination request from the appellants 
but I believe you mentioned to me that you received the request from DES. So was there not an original request? It was initiated. It never um, progressed because it was invoiced and never paid. But what, there, is there actually a- Someone started an application um, and then it kind of stopped. Is there any content to that application? You know, would there have been a request for anything specific? And I'm just trying to get some background as to like why. Yeah, so similar to we probably have in one of these attachments, the first page like of our of documents submitted through our permitting software has this like record summary report. And so there's usually a a column kind of that says describe you know, what you want. And, that, and so that probably yeah. was filled out, but I, I haven't seen it in okay. years. Thank you. Point. I'm sorry, you haven't seen it in years? Over a year. I mean, that was oh. in 2022. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just puzzled why we hadn't received that in part of our, our application and it was just dropped as a footnote. We can follow up with the applicant on that. Yes. So um, assuming no further questions for the zoning staff, um, who who is addressing, who, who should we, should we, Mr. Blakely or Mr. Myers? Mr. Meyer. I'm the one who submitted the zoning request. And then I thought to myself, you know, think about it. I'm submitting this to the county and they want me to pay for something that I know is a foregone conclusion. It's going to be adverse. Understood. I'm not going to do that. Thank but how I felt about paying the, the, the fees for this hearing when it was, we didn't even have it scheduled at the time. Ms. Malice, I appreciate it. I saw one of your emails that you sort of said you could understand where I was coming from on that. And I, Appreciated your email. Would um, any of my colleagues um, would like to start with any questions for the the appellant? Happy for you to start. Um, I, I'm going to try and run down some of these very similar questions that I asked um, zoning staff to to you know get your view. Right. Yeah. I think, that, I think that's only fair. Um, but I got to find mine. Do you have a view uh, of the term commercial that is used in these use determinations? Yeah, so I, I'll say this. Briefly, please. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't hang my hat, and I didn't make the argument that because of the fact that the buses are not within the definition of commercial vehicle, that that sort of makes it the, the argument, you know, and it's uh, conclusive in any way, that that means that's not commercial parking. I, I wouldn't go there. We covered the zoning determination. Um, we covered that. Do you have any position on um, the county's position um, not allowing vehicle service lots use? Yeah, so I, I don't think you, I know you, apparently you didn't read the statement of appeals that were included in the May 2022 appeals. You know, my burden here as uh, the county lawyer stated at the outset is I have to meet uh, sort of established by a preponderance of the evidence that the zoning administrator has been incorrect in her determinations. So the point that I made in that letter, and it was citing the same document, I appreciate that you spotted it. it believe me, it was a finding a needle in the haystack when I found it. it, it the zoning for the what used to be referred to as the Sherlington site was this uh, category that you know uh, you're referring to, and the point that I made in the the, the statement of appeal was that 
I don't know how long uh, the zoning administrator has been in her office, but for whatever period of time that was, or from the time that it was zoned incorrectly or whatever, she didn't correct it. So what actually happened, I don't know whether you followed this or not, it got changed. Uh, and uh, the, we have a video basically that explains what went on. It was apparently because the zoning administrator said, oh, you know, upon reconsideration, we got this wrong. All right. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, right? So, I, and I, I certainly would also say, I try to be fair, the Quincy site and the Sherlington site have different characteristics. I'm less than 100 feet from these art buses. My wife and I have gone to the Sherlington site, forgive me for using that term. There is not a residential property within three-tenths of a mile of that site. It's surrounded by commercial buildings which block at least the view and the noise, right? Uh, so I guess I would say they aren't similar, but the difference is only to further highlight, in essence, the injustice that's being done by virtue of the commercial parking. And, and let me be clear about this, because I think it may have been overlooked. I'm sorry, this be it. The real point is, in my opinion, the commercial parking principle use category that uh, the zoning administrator selected is just flat out wrong. And it's and it's not something basically that reflects that she gave any consideration to anything other than a use category in the M1 zoning district. And in my opinion, the M1 zoning district, no doesn't matter what use category we're talking about, doesn't allow for the art bus. Thank you. Yes. Um, again, briefly um, going to the SP 235 ordinance. Uh, the sentence be it ordained that pursuant to application A227685 3 on file in the zoning administrator's office for special exception for a site plan for a parking lot for the parcels. Yeah. Right. And and yeah. interpret that. Okay. So here's the thing I've been, my, my wife and I've been in the house since 2020, 2002. So just the last 21 years. This was 1985. Robbie Woodson, who was one of the speakers, but didn't really focus on this knows the full history of the, the, the what was going on in 1985 and the putting in place of the deed of covenant. Yeah, can you, I'm sorry, can you speak to the language? I, uh, yeah. Right, the, I, the language is what's in front of my, my view is language. Well, I mean, I've already made the point that it was clear to everybody involved at the time, and people have testified to this, both in front of the, the, the county board at the May 14, 2022 meeting, that the only thing that anybody was thinking at the time was basically and so, uh, accessory use for the, the the buildings that were on that site. And by the way, I, I don't know whether you know this or not, the CO category uh, label for a, a use category, uh, so a zoning district rather, you know what that stood for back in 1969? At, so that was basically the zoning ordinance that applied in 1985. Commercial, commercial office. office. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that's that's essentially all that I have at the moment. If anyone else has anything they want to chime in with, I can answer some of the questions that the zoning administrator could not, if you're interested. But uh, uh, we'll we'll take them one at a time. I have a few Ms. questions. Miss Malice, please. Um, I'm, can you refer to one of your submissions? I just have a question on what you meant. I can read it I to think you. I know it well enough. I, go ahead. This is in um, a supplemental material. It's your appeal application. Um, I'm, I'm losing my space. Oops, there it is. Sorry, it's in. Yeah, it is in one of your appeal applications. The appellant would 
suggests to each member of the BZEA that he or she examine the evidence presented in the original letter and the follow-up letter and their respective exhibits. He, he, she will at least require more information from the zoning administrator before he, she can render a decision. What were you, do you recall what you were referring to there? What additional well, information? Let's put it this way. I, I mean, I, I, so you know that the, the document that was submitted with the county staff report, I believe was what, 674 pages or 764 pages. And if you look through it thoroughly, there is a lot of duplication of uh, the two letters that I've referred to or whatever. My concern and the reason I prepared the supplement, quite frankly, was because I didn't think you had the time to go through all of those documents. And so I thought if I can put this in a, you know, what, 24 page document, you've got everything you need, except for the documents relating to the legislative history of the, the 1985 ordinance and the site plan. That's what I was referring to. In other words, I can tell you what it is to say, but in my view, in your role, you need to look at those documents yourself. Okay. All right. And the argue, arguments are much more complete in those two letters than they were in the supplemental submission. So you had um, stated that with regard to the out bus parking, you would argue that passenger terminal and ter passenger terminal and service category is a better fit. Well, would, what, go ahead. would your concerns be satisfied if the county rezoned to this district? Recategorized? Yeah. If, if yeah. So let me uh, again, in the interest of total candor, I put that forth on the basis I am not a land use lawyer. So I consulted a very experienced land use lawyer before I wrote the the, the 213 2022 letter on behalf of the BBSCA. And in his view, the most similar use principal use category was passenger terminals and services. All right. Now, obviously, I knew there weren't passengers getting on or off the buses on the Quincy site. But I guess I would say to you today, I still feel like that's a better use category, a principal use category than commercial parking. And But you need to understand the big picture. My objective was simply to sort of debunk this by right uh, ability, basically, to put the art buses on the Quincy site. I succeeded in that regard. And I, to this day, I guess I would say I spoke to the zoning administrator by phone on April the 1st. My wife was on the call with me or whatever. And to my surprise, the call lasted about 40 minutes, I would say. Right from the get-go, she volunteered, oh, you know something that by right? Uh, and keep in mind, no basis had been asserted for what was, you know, the, uh, what supported that statement. But she volunteered, just, oh, that was my mistake. I thought that basically I could take the two lots, basically, that the art buses are to be you know, located on and not aggregate the square footage such that basically uh, each lot would basically be within, in theory anyway, 20,000 square feet. Therefore, it would be, a, uh, if you look at the relevant ASCO position, uh, revision, it would be a by right use. All right. So I didn't realize at the time, I didn't have any of these documents at the time, that she had already long ago decided with the DES that to settle on commercial parking. I'm I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is great. Now we'll actually have to go through the process of the county board having to make the three required findings 
to support the grant of that special exception use permit, what I overlooked was basically that they would make a complete farce of that process. So to answer your question, I guess I would say, let's put it this way. If you, if you told me would I rather have somebody go through the process of seeking a special exception use permit or simply do it, you know what I mean, without, the answer is obvious. Uh, and by the way, I guess I would say, so if, if in fact the property is rezoned to, I believe it's um, uh, PS, mm -hmm. right? So that's the public category or whatever. Then unfortunately it becomes a by right use, right? But here's the thing that, I mean, I'm not an expert again in all of this, but there's a process that has to be followed if they were to go through that. And I, although I have no hopes whatsoever that all the different commissions will serve as any kind of meaningful check on the county board, at least they have to go through the process. I'm really willing to roll the dice on that. So there, there was a process for the M1 portion. There was a use per, special use permit for that. Sought by the DES. Right. That was a public process, correct? Well, let's put it this way. All the documents that were relied upon for purposes of the third, uh, April 13th, 2022 zoning determination letter, none of those documents were publicly available. First time I found out about this was April the 18th when somebody sent me a courtesy copy of the zoning determination letter. And then I just thought to myself, oh my God, what a complete disgrace of you know analysis. I got, I have just one more. Um, you have procedural complaints. Pardon me? You have procedural complaints. Well, let's put it this way. I don't yeah, think this let, is the let forum. Me my Go ahead. And and you also don't like the outcome, right? You know, the the it's illegal. So the procedural complaints are all defects that could be corrected, but the outcome still could be the same. I'm not quite following what you're saying. So, you know, we find the, you know, the county board would find the correct um, land use, you know, district, mm -hmm. go through a process and approve it. You know, it still could happen that they approve this use as, as it is today. Well, I guess I'd say I have another round to point out all the other violations that exist on the Quincy site. So, I mean, if you think it's a foregone conclusion, let's put it this way. I think you probably get enough of the sense of my personality. I'm not going to quite uh, stop fighting. Okay. Just so, I mean, you obviously even can't even provide the relief that I'm seeking. So, needless to say, I'll be back in court very shortly. Okay. Um, I can't hear anything. Yeah, you can come to the. If we await the county board to make a determination. I'm sorry, can you speak a little closer and the podium will go up a little bit, but I, I can hardly hear you. So if we await the county board to make a determination, that is a political decision. It is not something that we can predict or pass on right now. I mean, it is it is subject to a political process with the points and counterpoints and political pressures and stuff. Um, and so it's not something that is subject to uh, an operation of the law or regulation. I'm just saying we don't know how that would turn out. Thank you. In any event, we would not have the benefit of the automatic stay, which we should have had. 
Okay. Thank you, Ms. Mellis. Do any of my colleagues have any further questions? I'm good right now. Then I'm going to close the public um, portion of this and discussion amongst the board. Um, which I'm not quite sure how to run because of the myriad of issues present. So if anyone has some wants to start us off or has some thoughts, please feel feel free to jump in. Mr. Chairman. Ms. Freshman. I'm prepared to make a motion. Interesting. I can wait. Um, I, I can speak to, you know, whatever your motion is, but um, or I can wait for the motion or I can give my views now. Here's your call. Um, <clears throat> right pad here. So, you know, it, it gives me no pleasure to disagree with the zoning administrator, um, but I do disagree with the zoning administrator on the effect of site of the site plan um, 285. Uh, in my view. The site plan was to permit parking to support office development, which would make it auxiliary. Staff argues that it is a, you know, that the site plan is a controlling, and I do agree with that, but I, I differ in the conclusion. Um, staff offers support. Um, referring to a sentence in the site plan report, the site plan intends no other use than surface parking lot and limits any future development of that permitted in the R5 district. But the, the sentence before that, the M1 parcel is being redeveloped from industrial use to office use and the parking lot would serve that development. I, fe I feel like that is, is um, what I'm basing my decision on is that it it does suggest that the um, that part of the um, that the site plan did have a um, specific purpose. Staff also indicates that site plans evolve um, to meet current needs. Um, I believe that needs evolve. No question about that. But I think site plans change when there's a site plan amendment made that everybody is a party to and, and it goes through the formal process. Um, I think staff, in my view, has proposed a, a logical formula, A equals B, B equals C, and therefore A equals C. C. And A is that parking was allowed. Um, and they jump to the conclusion that parking was allowed for all kinds of uses, not just for that specific use. So I, because this is a element of the zoning administrator's determination, um, I feel that I cannot uphold it. Thank you, Ms. Malice. Um, uh, uh, on this, so on, on just on this one issue, because I think that's what we're addressing at the moment. Um, 
it seems to me that the approval is granted in the uh, that the approval is granted in the parcel so described shall be used only according to the approval requested by the application. Clearly, this use was not approved in the application per the use permit from the county. Doesn't the county board granting of a commercial parking use permit indicate a new use that was not approved at, on the original site plan? Right. To me, that that that's I mean that that's how I um, resolve that issue. Um, I think, as Ms. Malice also pointed out, this is also supported by the legislative history. Um, I can go on further, but I think that that, that summarizes my feeling on the the C C O one O portion of this property. Um, now, having um, no idea what Ms. Malice's motion is, you know, or I'm sorry, Ms. Freshman's motion is, you know, I have other thoughts on the other four issues before us as well, but but. Uh, I don't know where my colleagues intend to go. Anyone? Um, I can uh, skip ahead to the van pool commercial versus storage lot issue. Um, my view is, is that both of these uses are not appropriate under the ordinance. Um, the, um, the, the ordinance, which, which, if you know, if we if we have a further discussion on the the bus versus um, uh, commercial versus bus terminal, I'll go into further detail. But when I view uh, 2.12.2.5 parking commercial, my view is is that word commercial is in that um, use um, categorization for a reason, meaning commerce, um, retail, uh, service, commercial uses, right? So, so I I don't think that that was just a word that that was just thrown in there. Um, I, you know, regardless of the definition in 18.2 of vehicle, um, of commercial vehicle, um, buses that are taking um, children to school or vans that are taking, excuse me, vans, vans that are taking children to school are inherently not commerce, right? School vans are government function. Schools are a government function. So I can't draw that connection. Similarly, um, in the zoning administrator's determination, though, storage lots are not an appropriate uh, uh, use. Right. And under the standard that we've talked about today, um, we have to give deference to the zoning administrator. So I don't think either of those uses are are appropriate and there are no other uses suggested in that zoning determination letter. So um, I'm tied on this one. So under the standards, I think the tie goes to the zoning administrator under our standards. So I don't know that I can overrule the uh, zoning administrator under a preponderance of the evidence standards regarding the, the van pool commercial storage lot issue. I can continue. Um, okay, so um, really the last issue I think I want to address, um, and, and if, if there are other issues my colleague would like to address, I can always chime in. Um, for the art bus versus art bus terminal, I similar, similarly don't think that um, these fit either categories great, um, but these are the two categories that are put before us in the zoning determination letter. Um, However, our, our scope of review is limited to the zoning determination letter. Art buses, as I was alluding to the van pool discussion, are not aren't commercial. Bus services, again, an inherently government function. Parking an art bus on a lot is even less commercial, right? Because buses are being used to provide bus service, government function. 
Um, bus terminals are categorized as a passenger terminal here, as the zoning administrator pointed out. Um, but here, while the Quincy site is a facility for the for buses, um, no passengers would make use of the uh, Quincy site. However, um, as as pointed out, a taxi dispatch center, which fits as an example under the use of a um, bus terminal in that same category, excuse me, um, I don't believe would have any passengers either, right? A, a taxi uh, a taxi dispatch center is really going to be just dispatching taxis. Um, they would start and end their routes at that dispatch center. Thus, I would tend to agree with the applicant's um, reading regarding the taxi dispatch center would be a better use. This is bolstered with the accessory use of the office building as parking for the um, bus drivers, just like a, a taxi dispatch center would have parking for a taxi cab driver, as well as office facilities for the staging. The accessory use indicates no such uses for commercial parking. And that is essentially my thoughts on those three issues. Um, while, while people are thinking if they want to make remarks, um, you know, depend, depending on where this motion goes, um, I believe that the Virginia uh, Supreme Court requires this board to make findings of fact and law. Um, and specifically in this case, which I think is destined for further proceedings, I think it would be in this board's best interest to um, render a motion um, for under advisement so that we can figure out um, or, or not figure out, but determine those those findings of law and fact to uh, more build the record. Because I, I, we're you know we're almost two and a half hours into this proceeding, and I don't think I have the mental capacity to try and form those at present time. But I think it would still be helpful. To, you know, in order to do that, we need to have a sense of where my colleagues are on the at least those three issues or more. If if anyone wants to talk about other issues. And and if if my colleagues agree with my assessment, um, uh, as as partially other other board members have um, at least one issue, I'm happy to to work on that um, in the intervening time before our next session. Anyone else have anything they would like to add? Mr. Chairman, Miss Freshman, I'm unclear as to what you just said. I, I, it sounded to me like you said we would not make a decision. Um, I, I am proposing that we make a decision, um, that we would formalize our decision at our next hearing so that we have time to thoroughly write a um, resolution and um, um, motion to that effect to more document these findings and, and the reasons for them. Mr. Chairman. Ms. Malish. That would be in the event that we do not uphold the zoning administrator. Is that correct? Or is it in both? Does it go either way? I think it would. It would. It, it depends on the reasons for the upholding or not upholding. Mr. Chairman. Uh, Miss um, Arthur's. Isn't our job here tonight to either uphold or not uphold? I don't think our job is necessarily to go on a fact-finding mission and go deeper into this. It's either a yes or no question no. for us, is it not? No, that 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 is it is not. Um, in fact, in somewhere in my papers, I have this because of my BZA training that I went to not too recently, that um, the Virginia Supreme Court actually expects us to make findings of law and fact so that they can then adequately rule on appeals. So it is actually not 
um, sufficient that we just uphold or not uphold, I might in have, my view. I might have the reference. Um, I have too many papers in front of me. It's here, I swear. I, I have the reference in front of me, if I can read it. Findings to support the decision to facilitate judicial review. The BZA is required to make findings that reasonably articulate the basis for its decision. Um, and then it cites some cases. If the BZA does not, the parties cannot properly litigate. The circuit court cannot properly adjudicate. And this court cannot properly review the issues on appeal. Aren't they already uh, litigating it, though? But, but our, our decision is litigatable on appeal. There is no minimum standard to which the BZA must adhere in making findings of fact. The at bottom, the BZA must ensure that it has created a record that addresses the findings so that the circuit court can properly adjudicate the issues on appeal. Um, I would comment that we had appeals a week ago and we didn't do any of that. We also and have minutes my, that are being recorded. My feeling right is now. You, we can't sit here in this hearing and do what you're suggesting. And I think but, that I would prefer to make a motion and if it's voted down, that's fine. Uh, I, I'd like to hear the motion. Agreed. <clears throat> please, Ms. Freshman. Or, uh, I'm sorry, we didn't, yeah. Ms. Freshman, please make your motion. I move the Board of Zoning Appeals uphold the decision of the zoning administrator. And I reference the resolution on page 12 of the staff report dated January 24-24. Thank you, Ms. Freshman. Is there a second? I second. A motion made by Ms. Freshman, seconded by Ms. Arthurs. Is there any further discussion? I'd like to speak to it. Please, Ms. Freshman. <clears throat> I think our purpose here is to address the four relatively narrow issues in this appeal. We've heard, um, and I believe that my motion speaks to that. Um, I'm very persuaded by the appellant's presentations that there are significant site plan issues. Remember, we're not here to adjudicate site plan issues. We're here to talk about the zoning administrator's determination. And in my view, the county is a lousy neighbor and they've been insensitive to the neighborhood and set a very poor example. I think it's important that the current conditions be mitigated and that frankly it's overdue. And this is especially if, as has been hinted at, this use is extended. It's already bad. If it's extended, it's only gonna get worse unless the county holds itself to the same standards it would hold to any other property owner. I think those are legitimate issues. I think they need to be addressed and I think they've made a very persuasive case. However, at the same time, I'm saying that for this action right now, to me, it's a narrow, um, a narrow issue of whether or not the zoning administrator's um, determination should be upheld and the site plan issues have to be addressed separately 
and in another form. Thank you, Ms. Freshman. Chair, if I may. Ms. Clark, please. I'm going to say that overall, I think, as Mr. Meyer said, the BZA cannot provide the relief that is being sought here. Um, there are a number of issues that the county needs to address, including how they use the Quincy lot, a long-term plan for its future use, and the disregard they have had for the covenants and um, what the community has been asking for, which is not really relevant to our zoning administrator determination. Um, the impact to the neighbors of the lot is a concern, but I tend to agree with approving what and upholding the zoning administrator's decision. Thank you, Ms. Clark. Um, any further comments? Um, I was just going to, sorry. I was just waiting that everybody had their turn. Um, I was just going to say that I, I just wanted to incorporate my comments that I made right prior to the motion, so I don't have to uh, reincorporate them now yeah. for the record. Ms. Mellis. I, I agree with Ms. Freshman that there's site plan issues, but the zoning administrator actually relies in her report on the site plan to make her determination, so I can't put it off to another body. Um, she uses it to justify her decision. Thank you, Ms. Mellis. I will call the roll. Ms. Mellis. What, I'm sorry, the motion is to uphold? I vote no. Ms. Freshman. Aye. Ms. Clark. Aye. Ms. Arthurs. Aye. Chair votes no. The motion to uphold passes three to two. This now concludes this matter. The agenda having been completed, this hearing is adjourned.